0: Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead
1: change. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. October is International Archaeology Month, And Troy University students have been making discoveries abroad. Archaeologist Stephen Carmody, Associate Professor of Anthropology, tells us more on this History in Your Hands segment. (music) Professor Stephen Carmody, welcome to Troy Public Radio's History in Your Hands series.
0: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today.
1: What is the relationship between Troy University and this international observance?
0: Well, it promote archaeology and the impact that archaeology has on the world today because it focuses and highlights on what we do, talking to students about what it is archaeology can contribute to the world. And so I think there are a lot of misconceptions in the general public about what it is we do. You know, we don't do aliens and we don't do dinosaurs. And usually if you tell somebody you're an archaeologist, those are the first two things they ask you about. You know, this day really highlights the work that we do, the contributions that we make. And so it's exciting for us to be able to kind of get our message out.
1: Well, Stephen, you have been with Troy University ...on an international expedition in the summers in Italy. Can you briefly tell us what you've been finding?
0: Sure. So we started a partnership with the University of Pisa in the summer of 2019. That was the first year we took students, and I took six Troy University students that summer. We partnered up on a site that's been excavated by the University of Pisa since 1984. It's a large harbor town on the coast of Tuscany that was occupied during the Roman Republic through the Roman Empire... And so they have lots of questions about trade and trade networks and foodways and religion and questions that archaeologists get interested in. The field school aspect of it allows us to take students and provide them with that initial training. How do you do archaeology in the field? There's also a research component. My specialization in archaeology is referred to as paleoethnobotany which is just a fancy word, to say that I study food, food foodways in the past, kind of our contribution from a research standpoint to this excavation. We are trying to help them understand the function of some of the rooms at the site based on the plant and animal remains that we find in those rooms, but then also asking larger questions about trade, trade and exchange networks, how things are moving around the landscape in the Roman world, who's controlling trade, and and that can be on a local level. It can be on a larger scale, like the larger Mediterranean region.
1: I was reading, Stephen, that on this dig in 2019, there were some grape seeds found that tied the area into the early winemaking. Is it 700 A.D. around that time?
0: Right. So that site is a second site that we work on. so our summer excavations focus on the excavation at Vada. And as a result of our work in the summer, we've been invited back to work in the fall. In the fall of 2021— there's a very specific way that we collect plant remains that have been preserved in the archaeological record to be able to study under a microscope. And we found several grape seeds, which in and of itself is not remarkable, but the site is the Luni site. It's in northern Italy. It's it's north of Avada. Also a harbor town, also occupied the same time periods, right? So we're doing this kind of comparative study of these two different Roman harbor towns well, we found all these grape seeds, and my colleagues got all excited and were explaining to me that Pliny the Elder had written in the past that this site produced the best wine in all of Italy, but they never really had any archaeological evidence to back up those writings. And so, back to you know the impact of international archaeology is an example of how we can use the archaeological record to ground truth historical documents.
1: Recently, Savante Pebo won the Nobel Prize. He is a Swedish geneticist.
0: Over the past 25 years, DNA has revolutionized anthropology and archaeology. Today, to see publications timing human migration around the globe and and, and doing that through genetics and DNA research, it's been probably one of the most profound impacts in the field of archaeology since I've been an archaeologist.
1: Bringing it back to Troy University and the Troy chapter of the Alabama Archaeological Society, this group is offering free lectures open to the public and to students. Those lectures are coming up in late October and continuing through the next year. Can you give us sort of a preview of what's ahead
0: Sure. This is an exciting opportunity, I think, for the general public and for our students. So Troy, has, in the past, has had a chapter of the Alabama Archaeological Society. We've already had one speaker who came in August, Stephen Meredith, who's the president of the Alabama Archaeological Society. And he talked about his research on the first people that lived here in the state of today, what we refer to as Alabama. Uh, One in October is Dr. Kim Pyshka archaeologist at Auburn and Montgomery, talking about her research in recent excavations on the Auburn-Montgomery campus.
1: Yeah, she is lecturing tonight at six o'clock.
0: We're excited to have her here as kind of our sponsor speaker for Archaeology Month. In January, we're going to have Robbie Elmore, who works at the archives in Alabama. He's going to talk about his work on the repatriation of Native American remains and artifacts from the archive, and we're excited to have him. He's a Troy grad. We're always happy to have our Troy grads back to talk to our students in the general public. Uh, in March, we're going to have Dr. Gabrielle Purcell, who we just hired as our lab manager here. She's also a paleoethnobotanist and is going to talk about her recent research on Cherokee foodways. And then in May, we're going to have Annie Blankenship, who works for the NRCS. She's going to talk about some of her research on cave art and cave archaeology. Our goal here was to bring archaeologists to campus, get them in front of our students and in front of the general public to promote archaeology and the contribution it makes to the world today. We have people who are obviously in the academic realm, but we have archaeologists who are working in private industry and also in the public sector. So this gives our students a pretty good view of the different job opportunities they can have with a degree in anthropology here at Troy University.
1: Stephen, I think what you've been telling us is that the story of humankind is still unfolding. So tell me your take on the human story.
0: Every day. I think that's one thing maybe people don't realize because we have so little time for much these days. Several years ago, I had a student in field school that was asking me, why archaeology? And he looked at me and he said, don't we know everything there is to know? And I remember being taken back by that statement. Like, how sad would that be if we knew everything there was to know? You know, the archaeological record is there for us to thoughtfully and carefully and methodically use to understand the past. And there are lots of reasons that we we should know about the past. You know, using the archaeological record to test hypotheses that have been generated over the years, collecting data, generating data sets to answer big questions— That impact the world today or that will impact societies in the future. And so to me, there's this, you know, sometimes this kind of Indiana Jones-esque view of what it is our discipline does. You know, I always try to remind people that most archaeology today is research driven. Uh, We have questions that we want to answer before we go in the field The archaeological record is a non-renewable resource. And so if we're not conducting excavations thoughtfully and carefully and methodically, then we are destroying a cultural resource. You know, I try to emphasize that in my classes and most of my conversations that we have a responsibility to the past as much as a curiosity about the past. We have to be thoughtful about what we do and how we do it. And we can learn so much. And every day there's a, a new article being published a new story being told about the past. It's our story. It's the story of humanity. It's what excites me about archaeology. But we're also you know, interested in the origins of, of big questions, and we can use the archaeological record to
1: answer those. Stephen, I want to thank you for joining us for International Archaeology Month. Well, good. Thank you so much. That was Stephen Carmody, archaeologist and Troy University Associate Professor of Anthropology. More information about the archaeology lecture series can be found at the today.troy.edu website. The Facebook page of the Troy University Archaeology Club contains news from the Troy chapter of the Alabama Archaeological Society. Thanks for joining us today for a History in Your Hands segment on In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.
0: Support for Troy Public Radio comes from Sunshine Behavioral Medicine, providing specialized psychiatric treatments of bipolar disorders and PTSD. More information at sunshine2000.com.